You already know that's gonna get a reaction out of me. <laughs> Alright. So after about 80 hours of playing and lots of dying, I finally beat Elden Ring. Uh, I'm pretty proud of that. I did it, you know, with no help, as uh, some people might say, because that's cheating. But hey, I did it. So what's going on, Sleeper Nation? We're back with another episode. We're doing some mock drafting today, but of course, in the Dynasty Edition. And of course, I am Natter alongside the number one Australian analyst, Sheen. How are you doing over there? Hey, man, I'm doing great. It's good to hear that you've been uh, making the most of unemployment. Yes, yes, yes. So, I mean, I quit my job specifically because, you know, people said, hey, you got to play Elden Ring. I said, okay, fine. And then I played it and I said, you know what? I don't really want to stop. So I just quit. It was pretty easy. Nice. Is it worth getting? I, I I think so, yes. If you have the patience for it and have the ability to kind of dig deep a little bit and try to figure out how the game works and how the movement is and how the, the weapon development and all that ranking up system, leveling up and all that is, then I, I fully um, I fully recommend the game. It's very fun. That sounds right up my alley, but I do not have the patience to learn any new skills at this point. Yeah, yeah. And it's been great because it has forced me to not play Madden. And I, I fully encourage games that distract me from playing that one. Yeah, good thing you don't get paid to run a Madden channel. Yeah, I know. That's why I've been kind of neglecting that. And I really, I, I, I tell myself, like, oh, I need to do something on it. But like at the same time, I really don't want to play that game. I really don't. Yeah, I think I played it for about three or four days after I got it. And I was like, I just can't can't be doing this you asked me if you should get the game and i told it you was, hard no don't do it it was free i it you was know, free I, and i still overpaid yeah like I, I if i were you i'd ask for a refund yeah i okay. will i'll take that with john madden i'll pry it from his cold dead hands <laughs> of course on this episode we have some two legendary guests Ooh. with us we have the anthony and aaron nyhart of course our very own dynasty experts anthony how are you doing over there hey i'm good but you did make it sound like we were related by using yeah. just... <laughs> <laughs> i mean technically <laughs> see the problem the problem is aaron he he, he puts nyhart in his name you just put anthony so i feel like like when i say you just, it, put, like, you just put natter and Sheehan just put Sheehan. like what yeah and i don't i don't know Sheehan's last name therefore i can't say it yeah that works <laughs> All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> glad we got that established. Aaron, how are you doing over there? I am great. Living it up. First uh, first year in Indianapolis on Indy 500 weekend. There's a lot of excitement. Uh, uh, so does that mean you are not a Colts fan? I am not a Colts fan. Um, I'm not a Colts hater. Um, Pat McAfee's greatest thing in sports history. But uh, other than that, Steeler fan through and through. Yeah. All right. So uh, I'm just going to ignore the Steelers talk. I don't feel like talking about the Steelers. <laughs> I'm good on that. Of course, on this episode, as I completely just mess with our guests and disrespect them uh, to the fullest extent, <laughs> we know we're going to be doing a mock draft like how I mentioned. It's going to be a 12 team, super flex, EPR, no tight end premium. I just want to say, like, this is, I don't want to put out a hot take or anything, but I think tight end premium is kind of stupid. Thoughts? Mm, I, I get mean, that. We, we talked about this at length last year. Did we? Yeah. It's like pizza. You only need a few ingredients when you start being like, and we got this and we got that and everything else. No. It gets weird. Gets Keep weird. it simple. Keep it simple, stupid. Okay, that I'm going to agree with. I think, I think even super flex can be a little silly at times. I think yeah, you uh, play in standard leagues as well. I'm a standard person. I think honestly, matter. I'm really happy that you said that because I could not agree more. I really couldn't. Like, it's just I think the first super flex league that I was in was with both um, Aaron and Sheehan, and it, it's such it, it's weird. It's it's odd to me. It's foreign. I think it's great in the context that you have twelve or less team members. If you, if you're into the bigger leagues thing, then it's too much. If you have twelve team members, that's twenty four QBs. That's that's plenty doable. I was in a 24-team Superflex once. That was ridiculous. I mean, I won the whole thing because I was I had two starting quarterbacks. But um, I'm kind of with you. I feel like you need Superflex for Dynasty, but for redraft, I'm okay with one quarterback. I'm, I'm going to disagree. I think especially for Dynasty that it's not nearly, not nearly as fun because everyone's kind of quarterback shopping in Dynasty. And unless you have one of the elite ones, then I feel like you're at a severe disadvantage. I think... I don't I I think it's a Twitter thing. I think if you spend too much time on Twitter and you were to say that, then you'd have a whole flock of people coming to insult you like you just you know killed their firstborn baby. Uh, but I, I'm just not a fan of Superflex. I mean, if you think that you need an elite quarterback to be successful in Superflex, then take an elite quarterback. If, if, I mean, one, if it's available. To, uh, I mean, now we're breaking down a bunch of scenarios. One, it has to be available. Two, you have to be able to get it. And then three, you know, it has to pan out. You can always I mean, you have to get another one. It's, like, how many elite quarterbacks are there, though? Like, how many truly elite quarterbacks are there right now, though? Okay, so Josh Allen. Okay. Let's see. Then we're going to go Lamar Jackson. Is this like your rankings? No, that I could think of off the top oh, of my okay. head. Oh, okay. I was like, Jesus Christ. All right. Josh Alomar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think of running quarterbacks right now. Kyler Murray, even though I think he's a trash quarterback. I, I don't think he's elite. <laughs> I do not Hurts. think he's an elite quarterback. Are we talk, you're talking elite for fantasy football. Yes, yes. Correct. Fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hurt, Jalen Hurts. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm drawing a blank right now on the top of my head. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, I mean, he was good for fantasy-wise. <laughs> I mean, you've got Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Do you consider both of those guys elite in fantasy football? I try to lean more towards rushing quarterbacks as elite. I'm going to say Rodgers is. I'm not sure Brady is. Brady, I would say, is, yeah. 
but I'm not recommending anybody draft Aaron Rodgers now with no Devontae Adams. I feel like the lack of weapons, I don't know. It's... So, like, my point is, though, is there's roughly six truly elite quarterbacks for fantasy football that you're working with here. The rest yeah. of them are, at some degree, a replacement level guy. Kirk Cousins would be, like, mid-tier elite. Uh, I'm throwing Matt Stafford in the elite. Matt tier. Stafford, yeah. Okay, I, I agree. That. I agree with that. I feel like if they do get a in a running game established, it won't be nearly as juicy. Uh, I, feel, I feel like the fact that they had to pass the ball into the end zone a majority of the time definitely went in Stafford's favor. But, I mean, of course, that's going to be a discussion for a different time. Uh, but, yeah, I, I do agree with you. There are so many elite – there are not that many elite quarterbacks to the point where if you don't happen to have that favorable draft position in order to grab one, you're kind of paddling up – you're kind of going up shit creek without a paddle. Yeah. I've uh, I've just tweeted, and we'll keep a track of this during the show. Okay. Superflex is shit, and for idiots. Okay, that's fair. You know what? I'm gonna. You know what? When I have a second, I'm gonna go retweet that. Yeah, hang on, time out. I'm actually going right now. Okay. And, <laughs> and we will see what sort of traction this gets. <laughs> Who's retweeted it right now? Oh, somebody quoted it. Yeah. Already. <laughs> see, see, I, I, I'm not the only one. That's all I gotta say. But of course, I mean, for this one, we're going to be talking about Superflex mock draft for our current rookies. And then after that, pretty soon, we're going to go start into our redraft ones, which is what I'm excited about. This one, I'm not too, I'm not too much of an expert on rookies. That's why I grabbed the experts to help you guys out. I'm still going to throw out my opinions out there. I mean, don't get me wrong, but of course, we have experts here for a reason. And that one is not going to be me. So Sheehan currently has a setup for sleeper uh and let's see we got winters aaron winters aaron, anthony winsar oh my god and- <laughs> dude jesus christ so we so we have anthony winters he is picking <laughs> at number three because you changed your name you've added winters so you added your last name and because he called him anthony and aaron neuhart like they're, <laughs> <laughs> they're brothers now what do you want what do you want me to tell you they are now officially brothers so we have anthony at number three Aaron at pick number six, Sheehan at nine, and I am last but not least at 12. So I can guarantee myself I'm not getting anything good at the quarterback or running back position. I'm probably going for a wide receiver. Uh, but, of course, you know, when Sheehan decides to start the mock draft, we can go into it. Do we have any closing remarks, statements before we start the mock draft? So I made this super flex because I think it's more interesting when you're having to decide when to pick the quarterbacks because this is a bit of a weak class. And I've seen them go in the actual real drafts that I've done. I've seen them go all over the place. Um, so I think it's more interesting if this is super flex, but uh, that's fair. That's, I can buy that. that's all there is from me. No that's tight end premium. No, no tight end premium. We, yeah, we don't it also doesn't that. matter because not only these fake football players, it's a fake league. No, it's still, I don't matters. even want it to participate matter. anymore that I'm done. If it's the fake <laughs> league, I'm done. Nope. Uh, I would, <laughs> I would like to preface before going into this that obviously with the territory of a rookie draft in general, that's assuming that you already have a team drafted. So you're only taking your rookies um, throughout this mock. We're going to be speaking mainly on the guys that we like most that are available on the board. Obviously that is not saying that these are who you should be taking. That's more giving you advice on who we like as a value. Um, but keep in mind your team when you're drafting in your rookie drafts, that's mo- that's, in priority level number one um 
if you need a running back and you've got five great wide receivers under the age of 26, you're probably not taking a wide receiver unless you have to. Um, we understand that that's not going to be factored into this draft. So take it as you wish, but continue to focus on your team first when you go through your rookie drafts. And I firmly believe in best player available because if you need a running back and you draft a shit one, you still need a running back. Couldn't agree more. Um, Yeah. Right. Let's do it. Okay. That's fair. Sorry. So team one on the board, he took the legend Bryce Hall, Bryce Hall. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm still so upset he went to the Jets. Michael Carter owners, give me an F in the chat. I, I hate that pick so much. It still bothers me to this day. It's it's been so long since the actual NFL draft. It still bothers me that he went to the Jets at all. All people, I can't believe it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why does it bother you? Because one, I like Michael Carter, and you know oh, I like seeing a number one potential running back. Now we don't know who's going to be the number. I mean, right now it's probably Brees Hall, but how they're both going to be used, how their fantasy relevance is going to be used and taken in account of is now completely out the window. Difficult to draft, especially in redraft leagues on who you'd want, who you'd rather have. Uh, It's uh, not an ideal fit for fantasy. I mean, maybe actual NFL wise, it might be ideal, but I don't care about that. I care about fantasy and I feel like in a fantasy perspective, it it really hurt them. And it really ruined LaMichael Piran as well. Yeah. And I like LaMichael Piran a lot. Kevin Coleman. I I think his. uh, Hi, Johnson. uh, Mm. I think all three of them now are all irrelevant. I think Michael Carter coming in, I I see your point, but I do think that he could be better utilized even with Brees Hall. I think he's more of a scat back type of approach. It's how they used him at North Carolina. Um, So I think he could still definitely get his. Obviously, it's going to limit his ceiling quite a bit, but I think that there's a way that they could both be relatively valuable. From fantasy standpoints, both it's frustrating. Go ahead, go ahead, Chad. It's it's frustrating because Brees Hall is a three down back and capable of doing it all. And you're right, Carter is that scat back. You really want him in a backfield where there is a, a kind of a two down guy, uh, and he can come in a bit more often. So I, it really does damage his value, but I don't think it's quite as dire as um, as we might be led to believe. I think both their ceilings got capped at this point, and if that's going to be the case, it's difficult to to gauge. And what does that make him in a fantasy perspective? Now, Aaron, I mean, sorry, uh, Michael Carter. Now he's RB two. Aaron RB2? Carter. Yeah, sorry, I wanted to go there for a second. Then, uh, Aaron, would you consider Michael Carter now a low end RB two? Oh, I, I wouldn't go that far as to call him an RB two, but I think that in certain league formats, if you took him to be a flex in RB three, um, I think you could do much worse. Good stuff. And that's a, and so, the, let's see. If you are drafting for somebody in your flex spot, that usually means about six to seven rounds have gone by in a redraft league. So I, that means his ADP would be around the eighth round. I think perfect storm. Um, I, I definitely wouldn't take him in the eighth round, but I think he could have that kind of value. I think you could see him being more of a, I don't want to say Kareem Hunt because Kareem Hunt gets a lot of goal line touches as well for some reason, um, which a lot of people hate. But I think that you could see him in a similar role in that backfield. Um, And who knows? That could be what they're going for. So time is going to have to tell on that one. Realistically, I don't necessarily recommend anybody drafting a Jets running back. I don't think they're going to be winning too many games still, even though they have made upgrades. I still don't think they're going to be winning 
too much to the point we're running out there. They are running out the clock, but team two took Ken Walker running back for the Seattle Seahawks, which I think is a little bit of a better fit. I would still take Brees Hall first, first overall, just because he has the most upside. I think Ken Walker would be the second best running back. Not to be confused with Kenneth Walker, right? No, same person. He's same called thing. Ken on um, Sleeper. Yeah, he's called Ken Walker on Sleeper. So that's the name I'm going with. The third, actually. The third, well. yeah. yeah. You can't forget Ken the Walker sounds like everyone's dad's friend. <laughs> that's the guy they invite to the barbecue. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you remember Ken Walker? Yeah, he was he was down the street. Oh, his daughter lost an arm that time. Um, Winters, <laughs> Winters, you took Drake London at the 103. Do you want to tell us why? Oh, absolutely I do. Drake London is the rookie wide receiver one. Don't let anybody tell you different. Don't let Aaron tell you different. Don't let your sister's friend tell you different. He is the wide receiver one of this class. He was all year. That's it. There it is. He is. that. That's just him. He couldn't have a better landing spot with Atlanta. They lost Calvin Ridley because apparently gambling is more important than doing football things. Um and I mean, who else? Who else does Atlanta have to throw the ball to? They've got Kyle Pitts, and they've got Drake London. They just signed. Um, they've got Auden Tate now. They've still got however you pronounce Zacchaeus. However you pronounce his name. You don't even try. Yeah, and then they've got um, Brian Edwards now too. <laughs> so it seems like they're uh, what the uh, what the people like to call um, size queens right now. So they love tall receivers. They love physical receivers, and Drake London fits that mold, and he's going to step into the wide receiver one role there. So let's see. I'm going to agree with you. They do have Cordell Patterson, so that shuts down any argument you have. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> I, I, I think Drake London is the wide receiver one, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna quote Sheehan. Don't let Ken Walker, your friend's dad, tell you any different. Also, I'll add that to the list. <laughs> I'm going to vehemently disagree, but I'll let you let me know when I'm cool to speak on that. Okay, you, your pick is in a couple of them. That one, when you're probably going to be taking a wide receiver. Uh, when you do, I think you can kind of explain a why or who you think is a better pick at or who you think is wide receiver one. So, so right now you're on the clock. Let me let me make the case real quick for Drake London, because there's always the argument that he, quote unquote, never created separation. And the NFL is always about separation. Am oh. I am I incorrect in saying that 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 is the argument? Oh, that- oh yeah. Did, didn't I challenge you to find one wide receivers? Wrong in the NFL that had the, 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 the trade of can't get separation and then translated well into the NFL. Yeah. The list you know of those that couldn't versus those that could is substantial. And you, right. here's my thing. So let me, let me break this down for y'all. All right. So here we go. Cause I did it. I'm telling y'all I did it. So Drake London is listed at six, four, two nineteen. He had 88 receptions, 1,084 yards and seven touchdowns in eight games last year before he fractured his ankle. Incredible. He was still, what was it like eighth in the nation with, I don't remember what it was. It was something unreal. He was still like a top 10 receiver in the nation in a category or whatnot. So what I did is I actually pulled up all top 10 of the fantasy football wide receivers for this past year. So we got cup Adams, Samuel Jefferson, chase Hill, Diggs, Johnson, Evans, and Renfro in that order, in that order. There's your top 10. All of this came from player profile as well. So I looked at their average separation. I looked at their separation versus man, their separation versus zone, and how many targets they garnered during the season. The average separation created by all of those guys was only 1.7 yards. 
70% of those receivers had less than that separation. So when we're looking at a top 10, the archetype of it was a 1.7 average for separation of yards. 70% of the top 10 receivers had less than that. For man coverage, 50% had less than the average. And then for zone coverage, 50% had less than that. So apparently, separation doesn't matter as much as y'all think it does. Aaron, I'll give you the rebuttal. All right, I'm going to make this very simple. Um, I'm glad that you made that comment that separation might not matter because he certainly can do it. Um, So first off, Drake London, um, I think he landed in a great situation. Probably ups his value for me, even though I'm still not going to touch him in a rookie draft um, because I'm still not going to pay up for what is necessary. Um, So that's thing number one with Drake London. Um, Couldn't separate in college. Certainly not going to do it in the NFL. Uh, And then I think the biggest kicker to go along with that, um, which again, this is just extrapolation more than anything. So you can take it for what you want. I'm going to take it for what I'm taking it for. Drake London did not participate at the NFL Combine. Did not participate at the USC Pro Day. Had all 32 teams come for a private Pro Day for Drake London, which featured every single drill. He was making cuts. He was doing the cone drills. He was running routes, catching balls, the whole nine. And when it came down to the end of that Pro Day, he was asked around the 40 and still said no. You could see full well he was completely healthy, ran every drill asked, and then still said no when it came to the 40-yard dash. There's only one reason you say no to the 40, especially if you're fully healthy. And it's because you don't want to lose money on your 40-yard dash. So if you're telling me that there's a wide receiver that can't separate in college and literally would not run the 40 even when asked, it's because he would have gotten exposed. So I'm going to go take at 106. We just had Traylon Burks go off the board at four. Chris Olave at five. I feel like this is just set up for me. I'm going to take the actual wide receiver one from a skill standpoint, which Sheehan should respect. Um, If we're going from a best available standpoint, I'm going to take Garrett Wilson. Um, Talk about the king of separation. Garrett Wilson will run a corner ragged. He's got great hands. Um, Last year at Ohio State, it did seem like he did have some lapses in concentration. Um, He dropped a couple more balls than he did the first previous two years. I don't think that necessarily um, is going to be an issue because, again, it looked like more of a lapse of concentration than it is a skill standpoint. He makes some of the most acrobatic catches on the field. He's got hops for days, um, route running magician. I think that he is going to be excellent and uh, also going to be huge for Zach Wilson stock, um, getting him surrounded with some of these targets. I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan, but I definitely like what they're building around him in New York. Um, And if we're not going with the wide receiver one from a talent standpoint, if you need a guy for production on your team, if you really need a wide receiver to start from the beginning, I wouldn't hate anyone for taking Traylon Burks as their wide receiver one if you need that production from the get-go. So I was just about to backtrack and ask you, say you're in the 103 and you need a wide receiver, who are you taking? Uh, like I said, for me, if you're just in a spot where you're taking the best available, I'm taking Garrett Wilson 103. If you uh-huh. need somebody who you can start immediately, I'm taking Trey Lumberks. Mm-hmm. And we already know Mr. Anthony Winters is taking Drake London. Sheehan, who would you be taking? Probably Trey Lumberks, but I'm a big fan of London. Um, 
I know there's the separation argument, but if you watch him play, he's very different to these other non-separate, uh, non-separation gaining contested guys. I feel like he's always open, even with someone on him. He doesn't feel as big or as clunky as like a Nikhil Harry or a Seth Williams or some of these contested monsters. There's just something about him, and I think the fact he's going to be a big slot in the NFL, um, I think we're going to see him like a Michael Thomas type, where separation not that um, not that necessary in that offense. Uh, although they're different types of players, and, and Thomas is obviously an ex- excellent separator. Uh, what say, you just did me dirty on that comp. You know Michael Thomas, man. That's my boy. <laughs> eh, you see what you see. Oh God! So, I, so I see. You want you want my fun comp? This is going to be a name drop for some people. Drake London is Jalen Strong. Oh my God! Jalen, hold on, I got to Google that. Jalen Strong. So, last seen on the Drake, Texans. Am I right? He's not that strong. He, mm. Yeah, I believe he did wash out with the Texans, if I remember right. I see him was with he the Cleveland Jags Brown, for a bit too. Really. He, he wow. made it everywhere, but watching Drake London's tape, I see a lot of Jalen Strong. Well, you know what? Then I guess Drake sucks. All right. Uh, <laughs> everybody already knows my opinion. I, I think I've said it multiple times. His name is Drake London. I hate both of those things, so uh, I'm not drafting him one bit. I will be taking Trey Burks as well. Uh, I do think Garrett Wilson is also a very good option. I don't think anybody can go wrong with that. But I just really like Elijah Moore a whole lot more. So that kind of interferes with who I'd like in that scenario. Okay, so right now Team 7 is on the board. And they took Cook, James Cook, running back for the Buffalo Bills, which I think is a good option as well. You know, I don't expect too much out of him. I expect basically him being the uh, Jets version or the Bills version of Michael Carter. I think he's just going to be a little reception back with potential upside. Um, But I'll leave it to the experts. Mr. Aaron, are you okay with this pick? I would personally, I I think I will be staying away from James Cook completely. Um, I think there's a, a perfectly fine tier of football players, in my opinion, that fall into the category of it's just a hill that I'm not willing to die on. Um, if I fall on the sword, I fall on the sword. James Cook has not been a feature back since he was in high school. Um, Buffalo... The last couple of years has not been a very uh, friendly offense to passing to running backs. Um, so I see maybe that they're making an intentional effort with James Cook, but I don't think he has the talent to take over Devin Singletary, who was hot to end the season last year as the running back one. And I just don't trust the volume. Uh, Josh Allen likes to break down and run. And like I said, I, I don't think the volume's there for him to be worth the one seven, especially looking at who else is on the board. So right now, let's see. Brees Hall, Ken Walker. They're not going to a seventh pick. You need a running back. You already have good wide receivers, like the scenario you mentioned earlier. We have good wide receivers. You need a running back. Who are you taking in the seventh? I'm taking the best wide receiver available, and I think we can get to this at a later point. There's a tier of running backs in the second round that I would be targeting instead. So even if you need a running back, you would still rather go wide receiver. I think if you took a guy like Christian Watson, Jamison Williams, um, I think that you could trade them and make a better deal for a better running back than James Cook. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to leave it at that for now. I will say I think trading 
it's difficult to say, oh, just trade for a better one because that uh, that needs a lot of a lot to line up for it to happen. Considering you first, you need to find a trade partner. First, you need to actually have a league where people trade. Where I mean, I'm in a handful of leagues, and I don't think I've seen a trade go down for a really long time. And I can't imagine I'm the only one in that situation. So uh, it's to, to, to recommend for somebody to just trade. I don't think is a pause. I don't think it's a good recommendation personally. Uh, well, I, but, like I know, said, I would wait until the second round first. Off. Okay. So you would still first, rather go wide receiver and then pick a running back later. Yeah. I, I think the value gap is just too wide for me to take James cook at the one seven. All right. So let's see. We got pick eight going on. Yeah, right now. fuck, fuck James Cook. Okay, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do think that name is kind of cool. You know, it's very basic, very simple, but it, it just fits what? together, right? I'm glad that he got speared to death in Hawaii. That's all I can tell you. Um, <laughs> Isaiah Spiller, pick after that, running back for the Chargers. I think that is worse than James Sleeper Cook. Sleeper is out here wilding. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I, I don't see a scenario where Isaiah Spiller is relevant unless a whole spew of injuries happen. I personally would stay away from him. But, of course, the experts, can I get your opinion? Nope. I mean, I, I would do the same exact thing with what I was. I would agree with Aaron saying that both James Cook and Isaiah Spiller, I, I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't touch them unless I was potentially at the 12th pick in the first round. And that is probably the earliest that I would even consider. With but this I do being, agree. Yeah, with Agreed. this being a super flex setup, like you guys were talking about earlier, quarterbacks are insanely valuable. You could take Kenny Pickett and flip him real quick if he becomes a starter at any point this season. Yep. I mean, I well, I'm on the clock here. For me, the choices are, yeah, if you're on the clock here, I think Kenny Pickett is almost a, a smash draft pick at the, at the 109. I will say, however... Um, Depending on how your season played out, if you don't need immediate starter help and you still want to compete, I think Jamison Williams is the guy to go for here. Um, coming off that injury, probably not going to get a lot out of him this year, uh, but definitely a pick for the future. I really love Sky Moore. I don't love the landing spot. I think he's too similar to Kelsey. He's not that like-for-like -like replacement for Hill. I did love his tape, though. He really stood out to me, um, and I would have him stacked up very highly against just about anyone I watched last year. Um, I think he would have been my 104 in last year's class. Um, so, oh, sorry, my wide receiver four. Um, but as you suggested here, I think I'm just going to Kenny Pickett. Did you just say Sky Moore would be your wide receiver four last year? Yep. So was D. Eskridge in your top three? Uh, D. Eskridge uh, was actually not in my top million people. He's only slightly above that dickhead from Washington whose name escapes me, who I couldn't stand. And okay. anyone who's ever been to Wake Forest. How does that uh, How does that work with uh, Sky Moore playing second fiddle to D. Eskridge at Western Michigan? I really like Sky Moore's hands. I love how he goes over the middle. He does everything that I want to see from a receiver. Nice, diverse routes. Not afraid to go into coverage. I think it's easy to train certain things into players, but those innate skills, hand positioning, um, courage, understanding of where other players are and game feel, you really can't. I think those things really point to a productive fantasy player in a long-term NFL career um, as opposed to 
traits. Uh, so I, 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 he had what I like to see, um, the same sort of things that I liked out of Rashad Bateman last year. Anthony, what wide receiver would you have taken there? Um, of that next tier. The wide receiver of the next tier at um, Sheehan's pick? Yep. I... Or at 110, since they're still all available. Who, who yeah, would you take next of the wide receivers left? See, I would I would be torn between taking both Jamison Williams and Sky Moore. Um, I'm doing my best not to let my Chiefs bias buy into this. Um, truly, I probably would take Jamison Williams and then Sky Moore. See, I'm taking Christian Watson over them both. Christian Watson, to me, is just another Simi Fahoko with a better landing spot. Just bigger, faster than the other guys he played against. Didn't break out till he was an old man. Workout warrior. Just has bus written all over him. And if he wasn't in Green Bay, no one would give a fuck about him. <laughs> okay. All right. Wait, wait. Hold on. Repeat that. Simi what element Fahoko. of it? Okay. Yeah. Watson's got better hands than Fahoko, but like Fahoko was a former Mormon missionary, was like 24 <laughs> playing against guys in like 18, 19 year olds and was just bigger and faster than him. That's what I see in Christian Watson, a guy whose production came from just being bigger than faster than other people. In the NFL, hard to be bigger and faster than some of the biggest, fastest people out there. All right. Hmm. Well, all right. I'd, so I'd say he's definitely in the top, top tier of those big and fast players um numbers wise and uh i don't know i would like to think that aaron Rodgers had some say in who he got in green bay i loved his tape and uh there is no better opportunity other than maybe Traylon burks than what christian watson will have this season so so right now pick number 10 is on the board now for what it's worth can you pick it i think is a good spot i was hoping that he would drop to me at the 12th pick and i was kind of debating if i wanted to take him or not so who are you eyeing up here Nada? See, that's that's where I'm kind of stuck on. I was hoping it'd be Kenny Pickett. I know I talked about I dislike quarterbacks and super flex, but I feel like a, I feel like that's a good spot to take him. I do want Christian Watson. Jamison Williams. J- Jamison Williams is also a good pick. I think Sky Moore as well. I don't want a running back. So I think I would completely skip over Damian Pierce, Rashad White. And I'd probably go. As both James, oh man, Jameson Williams both got taken and Christian Watson both taken. For some odd reason, I have a feeling that Sheehan both manually selected them for them. Yep. Uh, Why did you think I asked? Uh, <laughs> oh, so you left me, Garrett Wilson. Wow. Uh, no, uh, yes. Yep. Olave was um, a pick after Wilson. And I mean, Watson was a pick before Williams. I just flipped him. Well, then. So let's see. <laughs> Christian Watson was playing for NDSU. Fuck off. He's not going to be good. <laughs> the last notable. That. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. So that puts me in a situation where I still want, I'm still going to avoid the running backs. And I have, I have to go with my theory that the Steelers, they pick good wide receivers, they always pick gods. It just works out that way. There's death taxes and Steelers drafting a good wide receiver. And George Pickens, congratulations. He got drafted by the Steelers. So congratulations. He is now officially a wide receiver on my team. That's good. How does everyone feel about Chase Claypool announcing that pick? I'm (laughs) that cracked me up seeing that. 
I mean, I, sure. at first, I, I feel what you were saying. Um, as the resident Steeler fan on the uh, call here, I will say that I'm very excited about having Pickens. Um, something that a lot of Steeler fans even probably don't realize, Chase Claypool played the slot a ton at Notre yeah. Dame. He was very successful. Um, I think that Pickens very well could be the wide receiver one on Pittsburgh as soon as, honestly, next year. Um, that's obviously just having high hopes, but I think he has the skill set and the intent is for him to become that outside weapon. Um, very exciting. Don't know that I would have picked him over Sky more, but uh, even I over Deontay very... Johnson, you think Pickens would be would be over Deontay Johnson next year? Not necessarily. I I would say from an outside viewpoint, Pickens would be a wide receiver one in that case. I'm I don't know that he would ever truly overtake Deontay from a target share, but in the prototypical, he's the big guy on the outside. I I think that people might look at him as the wide receiver one, if that makes sense. Gotcha. He doesn't necessarily need to. Uh, the Steelers. I mean, of course, it was Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> throwing it the most in the NFL at the time, but they were able to support almost three wide receivers at every given week. He doesn't need to necessarily be the wide receiver one to get his target share. I think you could see a Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin sort of situation with the two. Give me every single piece of Deontay Johnson with Kenny Pickett. Like Pickett relied on Jordan Addison. Yes, Addison is the best wide receiver in college football, but um, Man, this isn't a college. Yeah, he's going to be. Don't make me debate you. <laughs> he's going to be um, leaning. On Deontay Johnson. Anyway, you're on the clock, Winters. What do you reckon? So I'm stuck between two guys here. I think, you know, there's nine receivers that have already gone off the board. Um, I, I don't, I'm not a big David Bell fan, and I don't really like his landing spot in Cleveland. That's just, yeah, that's my yeah. thought on that. I like Jalen Tolbert. However, um, I think that he has an uphill battle to becoming that wide receiver too. Obviously Gallup. Tearing the ACL, possibly not being ready for the start of the season definitely helps him, but I'm leaning running back here, and I'm leaning between White and Algier, and I think, I think I'm going to take Rashad White. I think that's so what I'm going to do. why those two over Damian Pierce? So, <laughs> I don't think that Damian Pierce is going to be... Like, I don't think he's going to be that much better than the running backs that are already there in Houston. I, mm -hmm. I just like there's nothing really that sticks out on his tape to me that makes me want him over anybody in Houston right now. Um, I love Algier. I think landing in Atlanta is fantastic, especially after they cut Mike Davis. Um, that makes me I, I think that's fantastic. But there is still Cordero Patterson there. Um, however, he could be gone. He could not be. But Rashad White was my RB3 pre-draft and still a post-draft after that um fifth so real quick i just want to point out that this is not a snake draft so i did not have two picks in a row it went straight back to the first pick sky Moore was taken off the board and then dotson jahan dotson i believe i said his name i think i said his name pretty good that time right yeah, Jahan, I think it is jahan dotson he was taken at pick number two in the second round and then of course you know uh, with Winters over here with Rashad White. Right after that, Team 4 takes Pierce. So he got taken right on the, taken off the board right after. And now Elgier running back for the Falcons as well off the board. So now we got Aaron Nyhart, pick number 6 in the second round. Give us your thought process. Okay, so um, 
as somebody who's in way too many leagues, um, at, once we get to this middle of the second round, uh, my target number one in every draft, he's off the board already, but I've seen him falling for, I think it's just namesake. Um, he's not as sexy of a name, but Jahan Dotson has been falling in a lot of drafts that I've seen. And if I can get him in the yep. middle of the second, he's my target number one. Um, I didn't have a great NFL comp for him. He looks, his tape to me reminded me of Garrett Wilson more than anything else. Um, I think he's got great talent. I think the Washington situation is great. Um, I think Curtis Samuel's not so much a wide receiver too, as he is a slot that you can utilize in a bunch of different ways. So I don't think Curtis Samuel's really going to stand in his way. I think he could make a great weapon on the opposite side of McLaurin. Um, and I like Dotson's skill set, so he'd be my target number one. Uh, circling back. Oh, yeah, um, while we're on Dotson, he he reminds me a bit of Kadarius Tony last year. Yes. Not in the way he plays, but in the um, like early draft pick, high capital, but no one wants to take early for some reason. And, and you can get him at really good value in the, the middle back end of the second round. Absolutely. And uh, to circle back, since we talked about who I would have taken at Team 7, and I had referenced the tier of running backs that I would be considering at 2-7, two, two of them are off the board. Um, I think – Instead of taking a guy like Cook in this range, um, I don't think I'm going to take a running back, but the running backs I would have considered would have been Damian Pierce, who I agree with everything that you guys just said. However, the most important part that I think was missed is you guys may not see that much in him, but Houston evidently did. Um, that's mm. pretty high draft capital for somebody who doesn't currently have a workhorse running back on the roster. Tyler Allgaier, um, I think that he – I'm taking every share of him that I possibly can. Anthony hit that nail on the head. And then I'm also looking at Zamir White. Um, I was a big fan of his tape. I think that he's built to be an NFL running back. With Josh Jacobs having his option declined, um, I think that there's opportunity for Zamir White to rise in that backfield. Maybe not this season. Um, Kenyon Drake would be a prime cut candidate, even though I think that he's still got some gas left in the tank if they like Zamir White. Um, I think the chips could align there where he'd be a valuable running back. Um, but I'm actually going to take uh, David Bell here at the 2-6. Uh, contrary on wide receivers to Anthony, imagine that. I think David Bell couldn't have asked for a better spot. Um, in Cleveland, he'll be a second option, probably off the bat, um, to Amari Cooper. And I think that he's a guy where I think tape is just going to reign supreme. Um, in college, the guy produced the most in his biggest games, which I post, I put a lot of weight to that Purdue for not being that great of a team. When they went up against the Ohio States, the Notre Dames, the better teams on their schedule, David Bell took his game to a different level. That dude has great hands, great route running. Um, and I think Cleveland and Deshaun Watson, um, eventually should be a great opportunity for David Bell. I, I'm going to agree with the David Bell take. I like it a lot. Um, on an unrelated note, I think Amari Cooper right now is an actual steal salary-wise uh, compared to the other wide receivers that he might be better than and somehow getting paid less than. I think that is really weird. I think the Browns definitely got away with one there. Uh, that is completely irrelevant to the point, but something to think about. I think so, it could be a fantasy steal as well. I, I'm going to agree with you on that one. I think Amari Cooper, while he is a magician where one week he goes off, the next week he drops a donut and then magically disappears. I think this, I, I know it consistently gets thrown around, but this year's different. This year's different. 
it just might be different. I, I don't even know if I'd go as far as to say this year's different. I think with him, he could be like very feasibly be a top 24 wide receiver. And I don't think you're going to get see him drafted like a wide receiver too, too terribly much, even in redraft. I agree. He's I just think- somebody who's burnt so many people that they're not going to want to take a trip um, with Amari Cooper. And then he's just going to be solid and outkick his draft coverage. I, I do agree with that. I think Amari Cooper is going to be almost a guaranteed to outperform his ADP. Uh, it's just who is going to be the one to take the risk because he has been a little bit injury prone. And of course, his inconsistency issues have uh, are definitely glaring at this point. But I think, you know, with new offense, better offense, I, I shouldn't say better offense, but maybe a better quarterback with a scheme that really fits his mold of an intermediate wide receiver. I think he definitely has the opportunity to, to succeed. He is definitely going to be somebody that I will not necessarily reach a whole round for, but say his ADP is the fifth round to end of fifth, beginning of sixth. I'll take him in the beginning of the fifth. If that is my draft position, hopefully that made sense. Correct. So I'm on the clock here. We've lost uh, Jalen Tolbert and Alec Pierce. For me, there's a couple of options here. We can either get a high-end backup in Zamir White, Brian Robinson, who I like, but I don't think is going to be fantasy relevant. Um, Keontae Ingram, who has a really clear path to decent workload. Or if you'd like, you can go John Mechie, who is not going to play much this year, but pair him with uh, Bryce Young next year in Houston and watch him go. However, being super flex, I think the picker is Malik Willis. Because even if he's not going to play this year, if you think his ceiling is this high at the 2.9 and you can afford to burn a pick, then I think that's the pick to make. Um, so I'm, I'm going to do that. I'm going to go back-to-back quarterback. I don't necessarily love it, but um, this, is the, this is the fun of the mock draft. What Sheehan's not telling everybody is he's got like Jonathan Taylor and Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and DeAndre Swift and all those guys on his team, but his starting yeah. quarterback is like Andy Dalton. That sounds a lot like an actual team I do have. <laughs> Which I mean, I except guess for all the good players, Andy Dalton rang a bell though. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. So of course Sheehan with only two quarterbacks at this point. And once again, I was kind of debating doing the same thing of taking a quarterback. Now I feel like uh, I feel like you're looking at my computer I, right now. I'm checking uh, everything to see if I'm sharing my screen. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I am not apparently. We have been somehow, doing this together a while. Yeah, we have. We have. So pick after that, Zamir White, 22 years old, running back for now the Las Vegas Raiders, and of course Brian Robinson, running back for the Washington commanders there's like another I, one of your dad's mates oh yeah, yeah we've got ken walker and brian brian robinson coming around to play some poker <laughs> hey they make a mean mean ham sandwich i'll tell you that and brian's gonna stay the night in our bedroom <laughs> you lost me there i'm sorry <laughs> So I'm right now in the second round, <laughs> pick 12. I honestly have no idea what to do. I will be completely honest with you guys right now. I'm looking at what's available. We have a tight end and Trey McBride who got drafted by the Cardinals. They still have Zach Ertz. That offense is very high powered. They just got Hollywood Brown. 
there's not enough targets. There's, there just isn't enough to go around to make Trey McBride a relevant receiver now or in the next three years. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I, I'm not drafting him. Then you guys uh, mentioned, let's see. Uh, Ooh, hang on, time I, you said there's not enough to go around to make him a relevant receiver? I just don't think so. Like Realistically, right now on the Cardinals, there is a lot of weapons. They have a lot. Yeah, Hopkins is suspended for six games, though. Okay. Nearing the end of his career. Okay. <laughs> AJ Green. How old is uh-huh. he? 74? He, yes. Okay. If he's a 74 and, 74 and a half. Okay. 74 and a half. So then you've got Zach Ertz and Hollywood Brown. And then uh-huh. who? The running backs. Wesley? Andy Isabella. What's his name? Antoine Wesley? Antoine Wesley, Andy Isabella? That um, guy who had the same name as the other guy from the Jets. Keyshawn Johnson. Ah, true, Keyshawn Johnson. I mean, the problem is, is that's all short. Larry Fitzgerald. It's all short. I mean, once, once Deshaun, I mean, um, Deshaun Watson. Sorry. Once DeAndre Hopkins come back, he's gonna get his. Hollywood Brown's gonna get his. Your running back's gonna get his. Um, Kyler Murray run- one hit and then break his leg. Kyler Kyler Murray's <laughs> gonna get his rushing yards. It's. It's from a realistic standpoint of how relevant is Trey McBride going to be. You know, we don't want a tight end that's going to get two catches for, you know, 15 yards. And maybe he scores a touchdown, but probably not. Uh, I just don't see a a realistic path for relevancy in the near future. He might have short-term success with the, you know, the suspensions, but starting in your lineup, I just don't really see it. Yeah. Uh, Let's see, John Mitchie. I've um I've been on the clock at uh, the two twelve in a couple of actual drafts. Uh huh. Where did and you go? McBr- McBride's been there every time, and I haven't taken him. So one of them, uh, I drafted a player who is still on the board. I don't want to show my hand, but every, uh, the other times I've traded that pick, I've either traded back or I've traded it for established players. Which isn't a bad idea because right now, as I look at this board, everyone just looks trash. Like it's just <laughs> trash. It's really bad. I, I think the pick is Ingram. As I say, he has the best path to snaps and relevance this year. But, I, I debated Ingram. But, but does see, he with Daryl Williams getting signed? Yeah. That, I mean, that's also a short-term success. I mean, uh, Darren Williams, he probably won't be there very long. I mean, yeah, You can hit it and quit it with mid-round running backs, though. Yeah, you can. And because of that, I'm looking at a running back that I know is coming to a team that runs it a lot and has this weird knack of always having running backs injured. So I'm going Terry on David Price. You're an ass. Running back for the Niners. Yeah, you nearly got one of those, right? Uh-huh. I think, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, he Davis Price, sorry. You know, the Niners just run the ball way too much and the running backs get hurt way too much. He has a realistic chance of playing. Trey Sermon complete trash if i owned him in a league i would just drop him i would even try trading him he's not worth anything i think that's fair and i think at this point kind of what you were alluding to we're getting to the point in a dynasty draft where you're just picking the guys that you think are going to have the best long-term value um you go get your guys at this point a little bit less because of fit more because of you know the path to eventually becoming successful and I think that's a great rationale with the San Francisco running backs. And you're right. They do have a knack of every single one of them. See the field at some point. I appreciate that. So realistically now you're like you mentioned, you're getting your guys. 
and you at this point you have somebody specific that you like and then you go after him because chances are the best player available isn't necessarily the best player because i mean if he was he wouldn't be going in the third to fourth round uh it's just I'm looking at this and it's sad. I won't be honest. Like right, right, right now, if it was my pick, I'd be taking a quarterback at this point. Like he has, like they they just have the best chance of actually being relevant compared to some guy named, you know, Keonte Ingram, Wondell <laughs> Robinson. Before we get to this next pick, Carrion Williams. I do want to highlight a guy that I don't think we touched on yet. Alec Pierce went at the two eight and. I personally love Alec Pierce. I think he could be Indianapolis's wide receiver too this season. Um, I just wanted to give him some shine because I think that he is a great value who could pay off quicker than people think. I agree that there is a role there. I don't think it's a long-term one. He's a guy that if he starts hot, I'd be selling him as quickly as I could. Cause again, bigger, stronger, faster than those in college. Um, I think there's a, a clear role for him in Indianapolis that they could use. Um, so yeah, I quite I like Pierce. I like the landing spot, but he's not a long termer for me. All righty. So right now we have Mr. Winters on the clock. Give us a thought process. I'm stuck between really three guys right here, maybe four. I like Keontae Ingram, but I am worried about Daryl. Please Williams. say no homo. <laughs> So I am picking yep. between four guys right now. <laughs> and for, for those of you who can't see this non-visual medium, Nada is currently doubled over laughing at his own homophobic joke. Yeah. Yeah, this part needs to get cut out. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, it probably won't, but we'll see. So <laughs> I am picking between... Keontae Ingram, John Mechie. He's got a towel like he's fucking meatloaf now. He's dead. <laughs> Dude, you don't even use napkins. You just use towels. It's easier because I could just wash them and then reuse them. That napkins get expensive. It's bad for the earth. Hmm. What kind of person are you? So that's, why <laughs> that's why he doesn't wipe after he goes to the toilet. Yeah, true. I don't want my ass because I don't let shit bother me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm stuck between <laughs> John stuck between Mechie. two idiots here. <laughs> John Mechie, Keontae Ingram, um, and then two of the guys that I actually like right now, if I'm looking at it, Justin Ross and Hassan Haskins. However, I do think right now that picking either Ross or Haskins is, I mean, I don't want to say it's reaching while you're in the third round, but they seem more of guys who could provide a little bit more value later on. I think I'm actually going to go with Mechie. Um, early declare, I mean, he had, as a sophomore, he had 916 yards, and as a junior, he had 1,100 yards. Like, that's, it's absolutely unreal. He's not going to do much this year, but like Sheehan said, when he gets paired with a quarterback next year, that he's, he's going to be something else. He's going to be really good. I think he's going very under. I think he's going under the radar a lot because he did tear the ACL, um, which I completely understand. 
if you're looking for right now production. But in a dynasty league, I'm looking for someone who's going to pan out down the down the road. And I think John Mechie is one of those guys who's absolutely going to take the NFL by storm. All right. So let's see. I don't mind that pick at all. As Team Ford takes gunfight Matt, Matt Corral. Yeah, Mike Corral. Unfortunately, he got taken. I have a feeling Sheen had a Mike hand in Carell. that one. No, this is this is all auto. Uh-huh. Unless I'm trying uh, to fuck you over, it's all auto. Yeah, yeah, I, I can tell. I can tell. So Greg Dulce, tight end for the Broncos, taken off the board. And uh, before that, McBride, yes, who we were just talking about. And Jelani Woods, tight end for the Colts, both got taken. Uh, let's see. Now, our boy Aaron Narnhart, he's on the clock. Let's get your thought process. So right here, there's... Sheen kind of put me in a bad spot because uh-huh. for content's sake, I don't want to take a third wide receiver. <laughs> um, but I would really be debating between two people mainly. Um, in my opinion, the QB2 is still available on the board um, from a fantasy standpoint. So I Bailey Zapp? Not Bailey Zappy. Um, <laughs> He's taking over uh, back Jones. So I think I'm going. Yeah. I'm I'm going to go with quarterback. I'm a, I'm going to go with Den- Desmond Ritter. Um, oh, I think that good pick. The among the group of Malik Willis, Matt Corral, Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter. I think Ritter has the quickest and simplest uh, route to playing time. Um, I think that when you look at contracts, I don't think Mariota signed a quarterback contract that constitutes him starting the entire season. So if they're not successful, um, which I don't know how many quarterbacks can be uh, with their current offensive setup, I think Desmond Ritter can get some shine this year. Um, he's a little bit of an unknown being from an AAC program. He obviously took Cincinnati to heights that they haven't been to in a long time. Um, ever, ever. They had some, they had some orange bowl runs back in the, back in the They had never made the college football playoff though. Well, not that's since 2014. Anywho, um, <laughs> I, I think Desmond Ritter is a great option um, just because of the upside at this point. The other person I would consider is Wandale Robinson. Um, I think he's getting the same exact treatment as Canarius Tony did last year. Um, as we mentioned, is it earlier. pronounced Wandale, not Wandale? I hear a lot of people pronounce it Wandale. Watching it- Nebraska games when he was a freshman, I remember it being pronounced Wandale by the TV announcers. And I think like, Wandale sounds cooler. Like Speedy Gonzalez. um yeah so i'm gonna say wandalay until i hear otherwise because i think it's like it really cool last name uh but i'm gonna take ritter here wandalay would have been the other pick i think he's being monster (laughs) undervalued for a 43rd overall pick it's not like he was even late in the second round and the giants kenny kenny galladay trash can um Kadarius tony and then i think that there's definitely a wide receiver three option because sterling shepherd also hasn't been relevant for a minute so that would be the other guy under consideration all right that's fair enough nice pick with the uh nice pick with the riddler there i think he's the um yeah i think we see more of him than Mariota this year i don't necessarily think so but i do agree that i think it is a good pick now Connor Hayward, tight end for the Steelers, and Team Eight with the with the with the best pick of the draft, taken <laughs> kicker for the Cowboys, Jonathan Garibay. I just want to say, Team Eight officially my favorite, my favorite team 
you know, taking Isaiah Spiller back up, fourth stringer for the Chargers, Alec Pierce, wide receiver Indianapolis, also going to be fourth, fifth on the depth chart, and now kicker. This guy, he is championship ready. You already know Team AA. He's got a, such a good team that he's just picking people for the future. Love I it. think the computer is trying to screw me here and make it look like there's some sort of gerrymandering going on, which there uh, is not. These are these are auto picks. I am and, so, between... and somehow the guy you like is on the board. Weird how that who's works. The, who's, who's the guy I like here? One you, you, there's two of them actually. Ingram running back for the Cardinals, and then Wandale Robinson. <laughs> I'm um. I'm actually not going to pick either of those. I'm going to pick uh, Bozo did the dub here, Romeo Dubs from um, Green Bay, who I like a bit more than Christian Watson and I think has a nice little path to relevance. And if you like Christian Watson based on the landing spot, then you're going to love Romeo Dubs at the 3-9. And Aaron, our man um, Alfred is a big uh, Romeo Dubs guy. And uh, this team's you know pretty what? nice. That's good enough for me. And, uh, you know, Bo- Bozo did the dub, which is uh, which is also good news. So you like the competition jump from North Dakota State to the Mountain West. I'm all about the... Uh, with Carson I'm all Stroud. about the... That's exactly right. I, uh, I'm all about the Mountain West. Um, big Mountain <laughs> West guy. Um, Andy's not nearly as athletic. A big fan of Conference USA as well. And what's that other one that happens up in New England, like the Freedom League or something like that? They're, that's the best one. Anyway. Um, so we got pick 10, 11 on the board. I don't watch a lot of college football. Or I didn't this year anyway. I got a new job. It meant I couldn't spend enough as much time. Anyway, that's by the by. Turd Ferguson off the board at the uh, the 3-10 there. The <laughs> tight end from Dallas. And then, wow, it's a, it's a tight end fest with um, Jeremy Ruckett. Now... If Who that wasn't like done it? intentionally. It was not done intentionally. This is all ordered. Ruckert is my favorite final round target for the record. Hey, is that because he went to Ohio State, Aaron? <laughs> Partially. <laughs> I'll, I'll be the first one to admit when there's Ohio State players that come through that I don't think will translate to the NFL, I will call that out. No problems. Uh, are, you, are you a big Ohio guy, Aaron? I am, and I, I think that you will see, and I think that there's a lot of people that agree with me. Rucker is a player who was extremely poorly utilized. Um, oddly enough, uh, like David Bell, he showed up more in bigger games when he was needed um, and had some big performances. I think he's a great final round target. but Didn't really show up in that Michigan game, did he? Take my word for it. What's that? I said he didn't really show up in that Michigan game, did he? Not this year. He- Alrighty, so for my pick, last pick of the third round. <laughs> it's been like 10 years since I could say anything about Michigan beating Ohio State. I am soaking it in. Have to do it while you can. I do the same. The, the next year, my Nyhawk brothers are at each other again. Uh huh, the brothers. God damn it. So let's see. This one's going to be more a team specific pick. So I'm looking at Mr. Keontane Ingram. Oh, God. <laughs> and I'm changing this guy's name. I officially changed it to Juan Dale Robinson. <laughs> These guys, right now, it's more of, do I need a do I potentially need a running back or do I potentially need a wide receiver? Um, realistically, you have to say that these two are probably not going to be doing much their first years, maybe not much in the second year. So they're kind of, uh, I mean, and if they were, they wouldn't be drafted in the third 
round, especially the end of the third round. Uh, it, it's going to be team specific for but for all intents and purposes. All intensive and yeah, purposes. No, get, get, have another go at that one. Yeah, I'm not going to. I'm going for Juan Dale Robinson. God, Canarius Tony 2.0. Good uh-huh. lord. Uh huh. I like my divas. I know. Uh, I think it's <laughs> wow. But Bailey Zappi off the board you know, for Team One. He can he can teach the, the running backs on the roster <laughs> or the quarterbacks on the roster. I think or two. I think that's a, a good pick and another kicker off the board. Let's go for the Cleveland Kate Browns. Katie York. Wow. That's definitely. So, I mean, Yeager. Shout out to the Transformers fans out there. That is at, a guy right there. I mean, at this point, I mean he's still there. Um, I, I I guess Keontae Ingram is the pick. Like he absolutely shouldn't be here, but I'm going to take him anyways. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He should not be there. Of course, I think with real people, um, the amount of tight ends that have went would not have happened. Is, is that different to the ones who've gone? <laughs> exactly. So let's see. Pick number four, taking another tight end, Jalen Weidemeyer. Can we do a whole show where we try to get Natter to pronounce different names of NFL players or college I've prospects? Been, I've been pitching this as content for the uh, since last year when we had the IDP episode. And, uh, <laughs> the, the if you think some of back. these are tough, wait until you get some of those IDP guys. <laughs> the running back at Pittsburgh, name number one. His name is number one? I can't even pronounce his name. So he's, he's the first one up for you to uh, try and pronounce. Okay, hold I'm on. looking him up right now. <clears throat> um, but here at the 4.6, uh, there's a couple names that I definitely would be considering here at the end of the draft. Um, I think due to the crazy auto mixture of tight ends and kickers here, um, you're not going to see these guys traditionally at the end of the fourth round. But I think I will try and delve a little bit into this tier of players that I would consider at the back. Um, Nader has a little smirk. I think he found the Pittsburgh running back name. I, I can't find it actually. I'm looking at the depth chart. I see Najee Harris, Benny the Snow, Pit Panther. No. <laughs> Pit Panther. The college Anthony McFarlane, Trey Edmonds. This, this is not a college podcast. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just saying his name would be top tier. That would be my submission. Is Israel Abanaconda? 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 No clue. I feel like a Banaconda is like just the white whitest version of pronouncing that. Israel Abanaconda. Like, I can't find it. Can you like like just post it in the chat? I, real I fast? would say to be Israel Abanaconda. I I've heard them pronounce it on TV. Israel Abanaconda. Abanaconda. I think it's like Abanaconda. Abanaconda. That's what I'm going with. Abanaconda. Having to come to forever. <laughs> All right. So so back to the pick here. Um, with the players left on the board, the tier of players that I would be drafting from, another guy that I think is being criminally underrated, who I will probably take, is Danny Gray. Uh, again, same rationale as Damian Pierce. San Francisco obviously saw something in him. They took him with a third-round pick. Debo Samuel... Odds probably are still not good that he's going to be playing week one in San Fran. That leaves Brandon Ayuk and insert wide receiver here. 
Um, Danny Gray could be a sneaky find. He's falling to the end of these rookie drafts. And I think the draft capital that Sam Fran invested makes him worth some draft capital from your fantasy drafts. Um, Kyle Phillips, turn on the tape on Kyle Phillips if you have not. This dude is a slot machine. Um, his footwork is great. His route running is great. Not too much that stands apart as far as uh, his athletic prowess. Um, but Tennessee, great landing spot. Don't have much of a wide receiver room. He could have a slot uh, roll right away. Kyron Williams, everything's there except for the 40. Could be a great running back. Um, maybe he's one of those players where the 40 doesn't matter as much. He can catch the ball. Um, he's very shifty when he does have the ball in his hands out of the backfield. Reminds me of a bit of a smaller Ezekiel Elliott with his skill set. Um, and then Khalil Shakir uh, with Buffalo. Um, I think that after Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, there's an opening in Buffalo as well. Cole, Be- Cole Beasley has not been brought back. Emmanuel Sanders has not been brought back. Um, Shakir brings an intriguing skill set that would fit well in the slot there as well. Um, but like I said, NFL value meets fantasy value makes me comfortable with taking Danny Gray wide receiver for the 49ers. You forgot you forgot somebody on the Bills. Did I? Gabriel Davis. That's what I said Davis. Oh, I didn't hear that one. I heard I heard I heard I heard somebody else and I was thinking, "Huh? What you mean?" Diggs Davis and then I, after that they haven't brought anyone back, so I think okay, Shakir could squeak in there as an option. So Sir knocks a lot. Also, I'd say Danny Gray is yeah, the fourth poker buddy or the third poker buddy uh, taken. It's the best at poker. I don't know what there the hell's going on. A defensive back just taken. That's a, that is a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the commissioner was pretty quick to remove that. Piece. Yeah, it's crazy. Weird how that works. I mean... It's not a, uh, it's it's not a, a thing though, is it? Like it's not a, a guy. So like Fox Jake Ferguson's got to be the third, and then Danny Gray's the fourth. Like we got one from each round. That's absolutely the the quartet right there. Jake, Danny, Brian, and Ken. Yeah, absolutely. And Jeremy. Yeah. I'm really yeah, curious yeah, to Steve know what Rucker... teammate picks. Well, I'm, I'm going to hit the auto pick, and we'll see uh-huh. who they go with. Oh, they go tight end. Ah, they basic. they oh, went for um, another Natter. You know what? Uh, Natter, can you that really quickly? <laughs> I, got, I got this, guys. <laughs> Chai Gauzium. Okinkool. I think it's also known as – I do know how to pronounce that name. It's Chigazim Okonkwo. I'm a big fan of Chigazim Okonkwo. <laughs> um, I have taken him in the back end of quite a few drafts. He profiles to me like a bit of a Jonu Smith type, and I think you can do worse than picking a tight end on their physical traits if you can stash them. He, he flashed some athleticism, definitely. I remember him yeah. vividly from the Ohio State game. He uh, made some nice plays. So I'm on the clock now. My default pick, if he's been on the board this late, has been Isaiah Pacheco. And uh, if you know, you know. However, okay. I quite like Pierre, I, I, Pierre Strong. Interesting uh, athletic profile, but Patriots running back. It's a minefield. Velas Jones, older than his grandfather. Uh, but not a lot going on in Chicago. 
Calvin Austin, fantastic, but absolutely tiny. So for me, the pick here is either Kyron Williams in a nice running scheme for the Rams or um, an, a UDFA. And as the UDFA whisperer, I should be going for Ja'Shawn Corbin, mm. uh, who I think will be uh, the handcuff for Saquon Barkley before too long, which means he will be playing running back for the Giants before too long. Um, Do you really want a running that, back for the Giants? Uh, opportunity is everything in the way that you, when you're trying to structure your team the way I do, and that is you build around wide receivers and you plug the gaps with running backs, and um, the silverware is is there to show for it. So I'll take Corbin. Huh. I like yeah. So it's actually interesting because I went to um I went to Florida State for my uh, master's program, so I got to see both Cam Akers and Jay Sean Corbin um, play and. Jay Sean Corbin is he's the real deal. He's he's amazing. I, I'm surprised that he went undrafted, but I mean, with a weaker running back class, I'm, it doesn't shock me too much. I I love I I love that late round pick. I think it's I think that's awesome. There we go. So now pick number ten and eleven about to get started. Uh, I'm looking at the list right now, and I see I'm changing his name. His name is officially now Karen Williams, uh, running back to the Rams. Oh, defensive lineman C.J. Brewer. Yeah. That's where I would go in the near end of the draft, I think, at this point. I'd take a shot in the dark on a running back. If they hit, they hit. If they don't, well, I mean, it's not like you invested anything. Thornton's a very intriguing name, too. Obviously, I would not have – I will not, would not consider him just because I don't – I don't like it. Do either of you – any of you guys like Tyquan Thornton? I mean, I like his name. I'm interested in Thornton. I think there's good opportunity there, but I'm not sure he's going to be that relevant this year. Yeah. I think the fact that he was available at 4.10 is... Bite your hand off. About to the point where I would consider taking him, and I don't like him. So Sorry. what I'd quite like to do in uh, my dynasty drafts is get rid of that mid-round pick, like my third-round pick, and try and pick up a couple of picks in the fourth round, um, a couple of picks apart and just load up on those dart throws. And I've picked up Thornton in a couple of ways with those sort of three fourth round picks instead of a, instead of a third. Cause at this point you are just chucking darts and you may as well have more throws than fewer. I mean, second round with pick. Third round pick. He was 50th overall. Hmm. Um, and then at, at the, the four eleven there. We had Joey Chestnut, the um, world eating champion. The what? <laughs> Joey Chestnut is the world record holder for eating hot dogs. Oh, there we go. That dude loves wieners. <laughs> <laughs> Good so, old. how about we? Um, we'll start with Winters. Run through your four picks, and and how do you feel about it now after the fact? So I ended up from the three spot, I ended up with Drake London, Rashad White, John Mechie, and Keontae Ingram. Um, I'm pretty sure I'm going to take home um, um, the championship uh, with this team. So just lock and load that one right up in there. Um, But in all seriousness, I think Drake London is the one-two. He's the number one wide receiver in this class. Um, Rashad White, a lot of people want to stay away from him because of Leonard Fournette, but the contract, if you look at the contract for Leonard Fournette, there's actually a really, really small, um, dead cap hit if they do get rid of him next year. Um, John Mechie, like I said, is 
he might not do much this year, but if you pair him with a good quarterback next year, he's going to be fantastic. Um, and then Keonta Ingram, I know I made a little bit of a stink about um, Daryl Williams, but getting him in the fourth round, I, I don't see why not at that point if you're taking a dart throw on a guy. Fair. What about uh, you, Nyhart? What Who have you got? Um, so my final draft was Garrett Wilson, David Bell, Desmond Ritter, and Danny Gray. Um, I love what I ended up with. I think that, in my opinion, I landed my wide receiver one, which matters to me. Um, so it's a great value at 1-6. Um, looking at David Bell, I think that there's a clear tier break between Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, Pickens, and David Bell. And I think most of that, as far as Bell is concerned, relates mostly to his ceiling. Um, I don't think he has the same potential as that group of players. However, I think Bell is the leader of that next tier, mainly because he's a guy who I could easily see playing for a decade and having value. Um, Will he ever be a wide receiver one or a wide receiver two? I don't know. Could he be a flex play for the next decade? Absolutely. Um, I'll take that value in the second round. Match that with Danny Gray in the fourth round, who had third round value from San Francisco. I think the odds of one of them hitting – um, makes me completely confident in that. So I got two wide receivers there. Desmond Ritter, I think he's an, a quarterback that could play sooner than people think. Um, he's got upside. And at this point, if you're looking at Atlanta as an organization, I don't think they think Mariota is the answer. Could Ritter be the answer? Absolutely. With that potential, I'm thrilled with my draft. All right. Nice. What yeah, about you, I think- I was just going to say, I think David mm-hmm. Bell is a bit of a, a poundland Amon Ra St. Brown. Um, I, I'm a massive rap for Amon Ra St. Brown, but um, Bell just strikes me as a guy who's who's not quite as good as him in a, a lot of ways, but very similar. I am I'm okay with my draft. I think the value I got with Pickett at the one nine, and then a couple of um, couple of dart throws. I'm not walking away with too many potentially roster changing assets. Um, I think if I, that was the way I was looking at it, I, I could have maybe approached it slightly differently, but I'm happy with Willis uh, as a future look happy with Corbin, as we discussed and uh, Romeo dubs, nice little pickup there. So got the QB one in the class, got the QB two in the class and um, yeah, nice little, nice little get, but I don't love it. I feel like your roster is for somebody who feels like they have a championship roster and thinks that they can go ahead and wait a year or two with these guys thinking that, you know, they can develop into those type of players. Now, of course, in rookie drafts, you're kind of doing that anyway, but I think in the first round, you're usually kind of looking for somebody that you can kind of, kind of plug and play. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's been the mindset that I've been in. I am coming off a lot of championships this year and have pretty strong rosters. And I've not really been in a position to pick up difference-making guys um, as a result. So I'm happy with, you know, I reached on Pickett in a 1QB at the back end of the first round because, you know, why not? Um, But, yeah, I'm I'm okay with it. Be right, it is very much a stash and see as opposed to roster changes. Yeah, it's fair. And uh, chances are their value will increase because it is a super flex. And when you have two quarterbacks, one of them's one of them is going to pan out, right? To the point where it'll pay for both and more of their draft capital, at least in my opinion. So for mines, I think uh, I, I, there's just no elite prospects available. You know, weak draft class, in my opinion, when it comes down to it. And in typical years, I think at the back end of the first round, there are a little bit more 
in my opinion, talented prospects. So I went with the guys that I think that have the best path to relevancy on a fantasy football roster. And I went with, of course, Pickens, because I think Steelers have always been phenomenal at drafting wide receivers. I went with David Price, the Niners running back. I'm skipping on his first name. Uh, Tyreen Davis Price. Davis Price, because the Niners running backs always find a way to the field. And after that, I just went with the dart throws. Juan Dale Robinson and then Karen Williams. Uh, they're just running backs or no wide receiver that you kind of hope see the playing field with potential success. Other than that, there's not, there's not too much logic. Them correctly. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> that's what I do. Other than that, so who won the draft? We, we, quick, go around the horn. You know, I'm going to be biased and say I won the draft just because I think I won the draft. But Aaron, who do you think won the draft? I'm going to say that I've won the draft, um, uh, but in order to be nice, I think that I will uh, give myself a secondary task, and I, I like Pickens as your best value. Love that. I love the Romeo Dubs pick at the end of the third from Sheehan, and I'm a big fan of the John Mechie value at 3-3 as well. You like Drake London, don't you, Aaron? You can say it. I would take Drake London at the back end of the first round, so... By proxy, I am saying no. So to be fair, I think team eight taking a kicker in the third round. I think he won the draft. (laughs) Um, That that just just screams confidence. Like that's disrespectful to the other 11 teams. If if a person threw away a pick on a kicker, I would feel so disrespected. And they doubled down with a a tight end. A a DB in the last round until I reset. I, I have done that before, and I, I I agree. It's an absolute boss move. I went into a draft once, and I didn't have the roster spots to keep as many players as I had draft picks, so I did take a kicker, and it was an absolute <laughs> power move. Uh-huh. So a fun, stupid story. Uh, I had a live draft where it was an in-person with all of us, you know, around buddies, and I, I wanted to set the tone a little bit, so I drafted Justin Tucker in the sixth round as a, just a power move to everybody. And uh, that is definitely the best pick I've ever done in my life. How did the how did that pan out? It didn't work out at all. I think I got almost last place. But then again, <laughs> then again like my whole team got injured. It was really bad. It's to the point where I think like I don't exactly remember the the players that I had, but I remember having to drop the people I drafted in the first, second, and third round because they were gone for season-ending injuries. So I, I remember that draft being as – I mean, it, it didn't work out, but I don't think that was the reason why it didn't work out. Mm, I like that. Okay. All right. Uh, of course, Anthony, let's get your closing thoughts. So, I mean, everybody's going to say that they think that their draft was the best. I I mean, I it's like fine. mine. It's fine. Um, I think my favorite pick out of everything was Aaron taking Desmond Ritter at three, six. I I truly do believe that Desmond Ritter um, is the QB two of this class. Um, And I think he, he very well could overtake Marcus Mariota in um, Atlanta. And I, I think that that's, that's fantastic value. If you're getting a starting quarterback potentially at three, six. Yeah, I do like that pick a lot. I like actually all, almost all the quarterback picks in the first three rounds. I like a lot. Pickett, Willis, 
Corral, Riddler. I think they're all very good picks, and I wish they all dropped to me. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, I know. I wish they all dropped to me because I definitely did want a piece of at least one of the quarterbacks at the time. Uh, fortunately, that did not pan out. So, of course, Sheehan, let's get a closing thought of you and let's wrap up this episode. So, I think if the team one walked away with um, Brees Hall and Sky Moore, that's a, a nice little get. Essentially, the RB one, the potential wide receiver one, and the tight end one, uh, that's an, a nice little get. I actually, I'm going to say Winters had the best draft here. I think there's enough to keep you interested this year. I am a big fan of Drake London. I like that John Mechie pick. So, I'm going to take off my um, masturbatory glasses and and give some props to someone else and say, I, I really liked Winter's Draft. And that's very humble of you. Something I, you know, I'm just not programmed to be able to do. So, all right. So that's going to have to wrap up this episode. Does anybody have any closing thoughts or statements they'd like to say before uh, I, I sign off here? I got nothing. No. Uh, let's let's circle back to my um, my tweet okay. from earlier. Oh yeah, oh yeah, good point, good point. Let's hear it. I forgot to it's retweet got, it, it, but it's okay. It's got it's got some interesting pop. Let's uh, let's go with that. And I've lost a follower as a as a result. Although that may have also <laughs> been uh, me tweeting earlier about um, gun control. So who's to say? Um, but yeah, oh yeah, a couple of people uh, just replying with with funny gifs. So. Have a good day, those people. <laughs> there we go. Hope all your dreams come true. <laughs> awesome. Oh my God. Immaturity at its finest. I love it. So that's going to have to wrap up today's episode. I think in the next one, we're going to start looking at redraft and start talking about those types, which, of course, I'm stoked for. I think that's going to be uh, where the fun begins. Other than that, of course, make sure to follow The Sleeper Wire Show on Twitter. And, of course, follow 32-Bit on Twitter as well so you never miss an episode from The 32-Bit and Sleeper Wire Show crew. Of course, I am Nat alongside Sheehan. But bam, bam, bam. Before, yeah, b- before we sign off, Anthony and Mr. Aaron, where can everybody find you guys? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at at a underscore winners nine it's like the season with an s make sure there's an s on there oh and of course aaron and you can find me on twitter at aaron nyhart um it's just my name Uh uh-huh these these, these two are brothers by the way in case that hasn't been established yet look matter Um. just because we're white and (laughs) brown hair does not make us brothers and both from ohio yeah it doesn't make us brothers. and we kind of bigger like brothers but that's where the that's where the comparison ends no, so those no, guys no. are clearly brothers. Yeah, those guys are brothers. No, all right. Other than that, good luck, everybody. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for all today. Throughout.